0: Part 1. The Dead Boy Chapter 1. Death Rides Out On any warm weekend in the fading days of late September, people drank and ate in the last of the year's sun. Fridays, they bought barbecue meat and beer and chilled wine for wives or girlfriends. David Farnham knew how things worked. He wasn't immune to the charms of cut grass or cold beer in the sun. By seven or eight in the evening... All the beer and meat would be gone. It was just before six when he put the last case of twelve cans of Carlsberg lager next to a hefty amount of meat in the boot of his Ford. All the important shopping packed, and a tub of coleslaw, too, to show willing. David nodded to his son, a bright, light-haired boy called George. "'Go on, then.' George grabbed the trolley, and with the air of a man about an important task, set out to return it to the perspex shack where the trolleys hung out. The days were still hot enough to burn pasty skin, and the nights balmy and sticky. Those long days were the domain of the old and the parents and their little children. The short nights and the shadows belonged to youth. Soon it would be that vague time where day slid into evening, and then night would fall whether it was light out or not. The shift change was arbitrary, nothing to do with the setting sun, and when it came the men and women in their teens or twenties would hit the supermarket for their alcohol and cigarettes. The parents and their young children would retreat to the safety of their brightly lit homes, for bed or movies, or home deliveries of pizza, Indian, Chinese, or, like the Farnham's, an early evening mountain of charred meat. The aisles were full with good children, grubby children, and the ones that always seemed to wail while their parents looked harassed or even frightened by their own offspring. The air was hot, and still, and the children had been back in school for over two weeks. Kids and adults both were tired, bothered, and pissy from yet another week in an endless procession of weeks. A man sat in the van outside, watching the people go by in the evening sun. He watched and waited. Parents passed, women who shopped alone in the afternoon... A man limped along, pushing a collection of tried tollies back to the base. Old and older people, children. He read a newspaper and did not seem to look up, though he did. Then, at last, the right moment. Opportunity always, always fell in that man's lap. The man's name was Waylon Redman, and it was George Farnham he saw. Redman remained calm his heart's rhythm comfortable and steady, and shifted from inertia to action. It wasn't the smoothest job Wayland Redmond ever pulled, but it was sweet enough. He got the boy. He got away. Good enough. He sat for three hours with a tabloid newspaper spread on the steering wheel before the boy crossed his path. During the hot afternoon, he smoked a little, and sometimes squeezed piss into a Starbucks frappuccino bottle. Little dribbles, mainly. His prostate wasn't what it used to be. Waylon had begun to think his day would be a bust. He grew sure he'd go home with nothing but a half-full Frappuccino bottle and a bladder he couldn't empty. Fucking cancer. He was an old man, and he thought of the cancer as a kind of balance, when he thought of such things at all. Waylon Redmond rarely wondered about things like purpose and worth and the darkness in men's hearts. He wasn't a good man, and people said only the good die young. Maybe that was true, and all the old people in the world were left behind because they were like him. But death caught up with everyone, even old fuckers, no matter how sly. Wayland's hair was stained yellow at the front, gray over the rest of his head, but a full head of hair still. He brushed it back from his forehead every morning, as he had for most of his adult life this day he wore a suit on the way to the job. He left his home and walked a short distance to his lockup where the van waited. The van always started and ran without a grumble. He wasn't meticulous or especially careful, but a man looked after his tools. He knew that well enough, and he always had enough money for the important things. He was very good at what he did, and it paid well. A man with lavish tastes would have been well recompensed for his time, "'and Wayland's expenses were minimal. "'His tastes ran to kippers and eggs for breakfast, "'his expenses to the weekly fee for his room, "'upkeep for the van, and cigarette money. "'There was little more he needed.'